What is up, guys? Welcome to episode 40 We're so bad at of this. the Vitality <laughs> Unleashed podcast. We are your hosts, Dylan and Lauren, and today is our Friday Q&A. Yes, so if you guys do have any questions while you are coming in, just drop them and we will get to them at the end. Yes, ask us anything. We are open books, whether it's prep related, uh, PED related, just regular lifestyle related. Maybe you just need some help in your relationship or figuring out how to pick up some girl or boy. We can help you with that too. Whatever you need, we are here. Yeah, for sure. So we're just going to be taking the questions we got out of our question box and going as in-depth as possible to give you guys the best answer um, to answer your question. So question number one, will creatine make me bulky? Well, creatine will help you put on more muscle and you will retain a little more water with it. So it'll make you bulkier. Yeah, but I don't like to use the word yeah. bulky because there's a negative connotation with that. Like, it's not going to turn you into fucking Ronnie Coleman. Like, you're not going to end up looking like the fucking yeah. Pillsbury Doughboy. It's just like, it will, like, what it does is, like, hydrates your muscles. So it will make you look a little bit fuller, but it'll look good. Like, you're just yeah. going to look fuller, more bub- bubbly, and all around, like, it's not going to make a huge difference yeah. no matter and what. and it's going to help you progress, like, 1% faster. So yeah. that's what you can figure with it. It's really helping. It's not hurting anything. It's just going to help you get the results you, you want faster. Yeah, but it is normal to see the scale go up a little bit when you do start taking yeah. it because, again, it will cause a little bit more water retention, especially at first. Sometimes it goes down. Sometimes it won't. But it's definitely normal to see the scale go up a little bit. So just going in with that expectation. Now, mm-hmm. you're not putting on body fat. You're not getting fat. It's just a little bit of water retention. Yeah, usually you can expect something like two to four pounds, I would say, typically from that. All right, next question. How many days a week should I train? Uh, first off, uh, it needs to be sustainable for you. That is number one. So how many days a week should you train? What is sustainable for you? And then, okay, maybe it's sustainable for seven days for you. We probably shouldn't be training for seven days. So that then that's when you have to look at your goals. Yeah, there's so many parts to this question. I can't really mm-hmm. give a specific answers. It goes into your goals, your fatigue levels, how long have you been training for? What's your availability like? Yeah. Um, you know, which muscle groups are you trying to focus on the most? I'd say for most people, the best number of training days is going to be four or five. It just really depends on your overall fatigue levels, how you recover, how much muscle you want to put on, how you are training within those sessions. If you're really able to push yourself for more Mm -hmm. sessions, some people can only push themselves really for, you know, a lower amount of sessions because they might not have as good of recovery. So there's so many different parts of that question, really. Yeah, absolutely. And where is your starting point? Uh, So overall, can't really tell you specifically how many days you should be training. DM us, though. We can get some information. 100%. Yes. All right. Next question. How much cardio to lose weight? Mm, Again, this is just so, so, so person dependent. I wish I could give you an exact answer. I promise I'm not gatekeeping some crazy information. It's just so person dependent on how much cardio you should be doing. And honestly, like... I rarely ever even program actual cardio. I do a lot of step counts because it's way more sustainable. It's not going to put very much stress on your body. And it's just something you can easily fit into your everyday life without having to actually intentionally go do cardio at the gym. You can go on a walk outside, whatever you may be doing, getting groceries. And it, it's a lot more sustainable to have a step count for sure. 
Exactly. We just really like a step count and then, you know, it's a lot easier to hit, a lot more convenient for you. With cardio, minimum effective dose is what I would say. I would rather pull food for a while before implementing cardio. If your protein is still at one gram per pound of body weight, your fat is in a healthy range, um, I would then just continue pulling calories until it gets to the point where it's where it starts becoming detrimental to your gains yeah. overall. Yeah, so there's two ways to kind of manage that calorie deficit. You can do that through cardio and by diet. You should never be managing your calorie deficit through your training, which is what a lot of people do try to do. They try to track their calories while they're training. Stop doing that. You should not be focusing yeah. on calories burned while you're training. That is yeah, irrelevant. Don't focus on your calories burned. It's just, it's just an added variable that... Uh, you do not need to worry about. No, you do not need to be focusing on that. I actually get asked that all the time. They're like, oh, how many calories do I need to be burning in my workout? I'm like, absolutely do not worry about that because a lot of people get obsessed with that. They try to do all these supersets. They try to do jumping jacks and move between their sets. Like that is so unnecessary. All you need to focus on in your actual training session is intensity and performing at your best during your lifts. You should not be worried about those calories burned. That should be managed through diet and cardio. So with that, you can manipulate either. You can either lower your food or increase your cardio. It can kind of be your preference as well. Yeah, and if you're you're like, oh, I just really want to get in this extra activity to try to speed up my weight loss, take the stairs instead of the elevator, like shit like that, like regular everyday things that, okay, this will increase your NEAT. and then you'll be burning some more calories every single day. That would be my recommendation there. Instead of, because if you're doing cardio in between sets, you're gonna it's going to be detrimental to your muscle growth, which would then is just going to be detrimental to your progress overall. Yeah, for sure. All right, next question. How do you figure out your macros? So what macros you should be eating? Well, uh, first, if you know how many calories you've been eating, then it's a lot, a lot easier. Yeah, you need Um, to determine the calories first. Yeah, so first off, what I would do, honestly, I would just track your food. This is is ideal. Track your food, exactly what you're eating, drinking, your sauces, everything, for a week. Maybe, it doesn't even have to be a week. It could be like three days, four days. And then you see, average out those calories, those macros, so your protein, fat, your carbs, and see where you're at right there. And you're like, okay, well, typically I'm eating 1300 calories. Okay, you're eating 1300 calories. And then there's a few baseline numbers you wanna look at. So you wanna look at your protein intake when you did average it out, because if you were eating 50 grams of protein, uh, even though you're 120 pounds, you probably shouldn't increase your protein to that one gram of protein per pound of body weight right away because it's going to impact your digestion. So you're like, okay, well, I was typically eating 50. I would like to increase that, but not by too much. Maybe you start eating like 65 grams of protein a day and you're like, okay, I'm gonna set that number for my macros. And then fat is the other number you wanna look at. if your calories are really, really low, I would say ideally for females, you don't, you probably don't want to get under 50. You can, if your calories are really, really low, you may need to, uh, but ideally just try to stay over 50, eventually get into like 60s, 70s as you build up. That'll be a slow process though, because fat is very calorie dense and then replace whatever the rest of your calories left over are with carbs. Yeah. There's so many different aspects into this, but honestly, like if you're a beginner, the number that my fitness pal says for you is probably not going to be like too astronomically bad for a more advanced person. You probably don't want to go off of those numbers, but 
I haven't really looked at them, but I feel like it probably won't be that bad. It'll give you a pretty accurate estimate when you are going, but just make sure that you do know your own calorie count, what you should be eating, because that number definitely will not be accurate, because the number one thing that does go into determining how many calories that you need to eat to reach your goals is your dieting history and how many calories you have been previously eating, because your body is so adaptable, it is going to adapt to pretty much any amount of calories that you give it that'll become your new maintenance. So it really does just depend on how you have been eating. Yeah, absolutely. And you do not want to drastically move your calories up or drastically move them down really quickly because that's just going to be detrimental to your gains overall. Yes, yes, yes. All right, next question. How did you get into competing? Um, depends on how far back you want to take this. I guess I was interested in like bodybuilding and like like muscles like since I was a little kid like my dad would show like Rambo to me and like like uh, Conan the Barbarian with Arnold Schwarzenegger and I'd be like wow like I was like amazed immediately I was like look at the muscularity on these guys these guys look like fucking superheroes like and like I fucking loved it I was like oh wow like this is badass like I want that so kind of like my bodybuilding interest started there I started weightlifting tracking my food when I was 14 continued that um didn't really wasn't really familiar with the bodybuilding scene overall or how to get into it and i knew there's a lot to commit in bodybuilding and it is like a really serious thing you get to dangerous body fat levels so i wanted to know i was prepared ahead of time 2021 rolls around i meet lauren lauren's already in the bodybuilding scene as a coach um i then hire him as well start working with him then prep for a show because i have that guidance and i felt like my body was in a good place to compete yeah, for me, I don't know what actual year was my first show. Maybe like 2019? Maybe? Did Something like that. 2020 or 2019? 2019 or 2020. I was, I, I was 17 at the Maybe time, so a good a good minute ago. Um, but I, I don't even know how I really got into it. Honestly, it was just like my local gym owners. I knew that they had competed in the past. They weren't still actively doing it or anything, but... I would see their photos on the wall and then I genuinely think I just like came across people on Instagram and started seeing them do it. I know a couple local local girls, I would see them do it and I was like, oh, this is so cool. Um, and I just like really got mesmerized with it like immediately and I was like, all right, I want to start training for this right now. And so I started like growing and growing and growing for a couple years and then I just went through it, got my, did my first round of like two or three shows took a long off season, did that again. And now I'm in another super, super long off season that is now probably going to turn into like two years. Yeah, absolutely. And with that, for sure, like, like I'm from a small ass country town in Ohio. Lawrence from a decently populated area in Texas. Overall in Texas in general, is just huge bodybuilding wise. And yeah. Like, like, yeah, I did not, I did not know a single person that had any competition experience or ever compete. I never even saw a bodybuilder in person. I think my entire fucking life until I uh, went to Texas. Yeah. I literally trained at like a gym for like, since I was like 14 years old of like that, all the like most famous bodybuilders would come into it. So I, did, I was definitely spoiled in that sense that I got to meet a lot of people and really get involved in the industry pretty young. Absolutely, 100%. Yeah, I remember people thinking I was weird because I was reading uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's Bodybuilding Encyclopedia when I was 14 for my book projects. And I was like, they were like, you're reading an encyclopedia? I was like, yes. Alrighty. Awesome. Um, Next question. 
Tips for starting a coaching business. Ooh, I love this one. one. (laughs) Um, God, number one, content is king. You need to be posting content on social media very, very regularly. And I mean every single day. Not once a week, not twice a week. Every single day you need to be showing up because believe it or not, people notice who is reliable. People notice who is consistently showing up. And that is what we get told all the time like Mm -hmm. i want to hire you guys because i see you guys walking the walk every fucking day i see you guys showing up every day because we do every single fucking day since we started the business we have shown up every day walking the walk ourselves, and i do believe that that really does show yeah people see we don't miss these fucking lives like we are here every single day doing what we say we're going to do and yeah i just had one of our competitors who are competing this year message me and uh one of her friends joined the team and she's like yeah i recommend you guys to everyone you're like the only coaches that I see. You live the lifestyle and you do it every single day. You are doing it every single day. And absolutely, like that is something that Lauren and I like really, really are both super passionate about when it comes to like we're leading by example. You will to us and this is to the people in our business. This is to our athletes. You will never be outworking us. That is the biggest thing. You will never be outworking us. We will always be checking our boxes every single fucking day. Yeah, 100%. We were just talking about this last night. I was like, so we have a lot of competitors competing in like a um, December, late December show. And I was like, that could be a timeline that I might be competing. It's really just so unsure right now. But I was like, oh, yeah, now they're going to have to outwork me. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. 100%. That would be super, super, super fun. It's okay. I'll be a, a nice fluffy boy still at that point. Who knows? <laughs> Need some healthy competition for sure. Yeah, 100%. So overall, starting a coaching business, consistency, post every day. And I wouldn't even be trying to make sales until you can post every single day for a, for a month at least. Like, come on. Like, prove you can do it to yourself. But like, Because if you can't stay consistent posting, you're not going to be a consistent coach. You're not going to be a consistent business owner and you're not going to be successful. So how about you check that box first? And then after that, I would reach out to a mentor. Yes. To be honest. That- Don't waste time. Like I know there's so much bad rep about mentors in the industry because I'm sure I've never personally had a bad experience, but I'm sure there's terrible ones out there. Well, just, uh, you know, ask us. If you need a if you need a coaching business mentor and we'll refer you. Yeah, hundred percent. Ours is the fucking best. All right, next up. How often should I expect to hear from my coach? I love this. That's a good question. Um I would say within twenty four hours of you messaging them and we do weekly check ins. I think weekly check ins are very fair. Now sometimes uh, if you're a lifestyle client, maybe you do bi-weekly check-ins, but overall hearing from your coach is kind of dependent on how much you reach out in my opinion. Yeah, exactly. And there's really nothing we can say that just should be expected. What should be expected is what you ask them. Like you should just yeah. ask them before you sign up, like, Hey, what can I expect from you? Because I'm not going to say like every single coach should be doing the exact same thing. Like everybody has different boundaries that need to be set. Um, But I did literally just have a girl come onto our team and she was in a comp prep and she was like, hey, like, I really need your help. I haven't heard from my coach in three weeks. And I'm like, all right, when you get to that point, it's fucking ridiculous. Yeah, if it's a prep coach, fuck off. You should be having weekly check-ins. Like if you're in, come on, you're in prep. Like that's when I, I do draw a line and I'm like, yeah. Yeah. So there are some things that are completely ridiculous, but you shouldn't expect your coach to be texting you like your fucking babysitter. Like they shouldn't be, you shouldn't expect them to be texting you, checking up every single day. Like if you need something, it is 
in my opinion, your responsibility to reach out. Yeah, reach out. And I would say, like, reasonably expect a response in 24 hours. But that's also based on uh, whatever your coach established with you at the beginning. Maybe they're like, hey, weekends, sorry, weekends are my time and I don't message any clients during the weekend and you message them Friday night and they don't get back to you until Monday. That's just something you need communicated before you join that coach. And that's something you just need to think yourself before you hire a coach. Like, what do I want? What do I want? Like, am I going to be reaching out to my coach a lot? Am I never going to be talking to my coach? Like, I would say Lauren and I have uh, the same coach. And probably how we treat him is different because she's not talkative like much at all, not communicative much at all. And I'll just text him like how I'm feeling <laughs> every once in a while. <laughs> like, so it's just very, very different for sure. And you just need to figure out if your coach is going to vibe with you well. Yeah, 100%. Just make it very clear off the bat. Um, ask questions. Don't be afraid to ask questions on exactly what you should be expecting that's really how you asking questions. That's kind of a good one because if you are if you ask your coach questions once they are your coach and they start getting defensive, uh, angry, um, they won't answer you or they're like like they're like just following. Don't plans. ask questions. Yeah, that's a huge red flag. I would be dropping that coach as soon as you can. Yes, I did have to do that one time. I had a coach and she told me I was not allowed to ask her questions and yelled at me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And this it was, was fucking crazy. This was after she gave Lauren a like meal plan and it had someone else's name on it. Yeah, and it was like thirteen hundred calories in a growing phase. I was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you know, there's a lot of bad coaches out there. Um, I would just be asking anybody if you know people have had hired coaches, ask what they do with their coaches. Like, what's their process? If they've had a really successful, good experience with them, hundred awesome. percent. Yeah, reach out to your coaches. Find one of their clients. Reach out to them. I yeah, encourage people great. to do that. Please find my clients. Reach out to yeah, them. I would love ahead. for you to get someone else's experience. Yeah, do it. Like we we literally post our clients all the time. They'll be in our comment section if we do post them almost always. So you'd be like, hey, I saw like, you know, uh, you were on, you're getting coached by uh, aesthetic bodies. Like, how has that experience been for you? I promise you, no one's going to say, oh, horrible. I hated that. Not going to happen. <laughs> Alrighty, well, that is all the questions that we have for today. So we will see you guys on Monday, and thanks for tuning in. Peace.